It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. All right, ready to rock here on a Tuesday. It is Rothman and Ice. Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice, ACB in his saddle. Boys, how we doing? Feeling great. Feeling great, man. It's going to be a thick one out there for mm. you today, AR. If you're going Thank to it. play 9, 18, uh, or 9 uh. today, make sure you uh, fill that cooler up with ice at H2O, my man. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know. I thought about it this morning, and then who knows? I, I'm I'm more in blow-off mode today for the golf, because I'm taking a peek down the calendar here or along the days, and looks like we're going to get a nice little, you know, 60s come Saturday, maybe mm. 70s on Sunday. CB's say, shaking his head there. Yeah, it's I don't a know bad why. weekend if you're I, trying to be by a body of water. Why do I want... I'm trying to play golf here. I'm just saying in general, that's what most people do on the holiday weekend. Body of water. You got a boat, no. CB, you're going to be on this weekend? Is that what I you're hitting at? Wow, he just said he's, he's putting something in some bay somewhere. I don't know. That, that sounds like he's he's backing that thing up into the water is what oh, I think he, what he wanted to say there. Backing it up and dumping it in the water. That's what he's doing. Uh, CB, just back it up and drop it into the water and twerk your way into a holiday weekend. Oh uh, I can't wait to hear about this when we come back. Although I think we're working, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll be yeah. here, man. We'll be I here. think. It's it's very tentative. I'm not really sure what's going on. <laughs> CB's been compiling great interviews we've done for the last few weeks. He's ready to roll those out on the holiday if possible. Um, and then if not, then we'll be here. You know, yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll do what I'm – do as you're told. I'll do as I'm told. I got to uh I got to get like CB man. I got to get some people in the streets. I got some boats. He said he's got he's connected AR. Boats. I know you know boats and now, something else. You know, CB knows people that knows boats. You know people that own yachts. So somewhere in between is where I need to fall. I, I need to get like you guys. No, no. Sir yacht maybe. I have no idea. Yacht <laughs> Rock Radio maybe. Which I listened to on the way to Chi Town, oh by the way. Uh, no, I, I CB knows all about boats and something else. Mm. And I, there's a movie that pops into my mind. It's just not coming to me um, right now. But there is a there's something about a John C. Riley, Will Ferrell themed okay. movie that that he knows all about. Okay. Um, so we'll find you out. And, uh, you and CB yeah. on a boat with uh, T yeah. Pain, right? In the Lonely Island, I think is who cooked yeah. that up. I'm on a boat. How'd you feel about that song not- that came out? Uh, I don't know that one. Oh, okay. No, I have to spin that a little later. I, for I you think guys. I'm out on that one. I, I don't have know. to make that. It was sorry. It was sorry. And, and I've always said, you know, the best kind of boat is a friend's boat. I mean, nobody wants to really own one unless you have enough money, more than God, to actually have people take care of it for you. Sure. And that's fine. I mean, you can get to that status, but you don't want to be in the middle. You don't want to be stuck in that middle zone of, yeah, I have enough to make the purchase of a boat, but then I've got to be the one hauling it and take care of it, wiping yeah, it down, and and it's making sure you got it all hooked up to the thing and. And as CB does, back it up and drop it. Mm. Lift it up, drop, drop it. it. Lift it up, drop, drop it. it. CB uh, has no idea what CB, we're no, referring CB's, to. Uh, that's who he is on the show today, Mr. Westerberg. Hey, I, Lift uh, it up, drop it. I, I saw I wanted to ask you about this guy today, AR, because I know you're the movie guy. And I saw that we had a celeb birthday today, mm. one Mike Myers. And I don't know if I've ever got your feel. On the Austin Powers kind of love layout them. of movies, there. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I love them. Right. I I think they're they're very watch rewatchable uh, when they're on. He does an incredible job with them. I'm all about that. No, okay. no, he's. I uh, he disappeared from us way too soon. I really don't. I mean, I obviously grew up with Wayne's World and all that, but I 
No, no. All the Austin Powers stuff is is fantastic. In fact, dare I say that it, it probably is his best work. I think it may even be better than than Wayne's World. I'm trying to think of. Uh, yeah, no, they're all good. Even the stuff you know, even Goldmember with Michael Caine was good. I that that stuff's good. And then he just started doing voices, right? Isn't he Shrek? Oh, I think he is Shrek. Or is there yeah, no, he is yeah. Shrek. Okay, that definitely yeah. that brought back childhood memories for me. That he yeah. is he is Shrek. That's for sure. But yeah, baby, yeah, I saw that it was his birthday. And look, yeah, I, I'm nice. a you look. I, look, I'm a little partial to the gold member one. That's mm-hmm. my you know as a Beyonce guy that worked oh, for me. Nice. But all of them I, I thought were hilarious. And I'm with yeah. you, man. I think they're going to stand up for a long, long time. Yeah. I think that stuff's always going to be funny. I think everybody can watch those movies and find a little chuckle out of it. Yeah, I think those are great. I, I really don't. I haven't looked into what happened about his career. Why he just kind of, you know, yeah, s- said peace out on that stuff. <laughs> I really. Don't. Oh, th- then he did. Well, you know what? I take that back because he did a couple after that. I think he did the uh, Studio Fifty Four, you know, doc movie or whatever that was, and um, maybe that was it. Oh, and then he was also in the. Uh, he had a had a cameo in the Queen, in the movie about Queen. Did he? Okay, yeah, as the agent. What's yeah. that? Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. I hadn't seen that, but when you said Queen, I remember that being a pretty big deal when that movie dropped a few years ago. Yeah, very good. Yeah, really good. Okay, okay. But anyway, that's it. So now we got everything figured out. We'll do the Rogers stuff that everyone is doing because it it makes sense. And I'm glad we tried to predict what would happen yesterday. And I think, you know, the bottom line is Kenny did a pretty good job with it because you are a friend. And he is on the tribute show. And I, as predicted, I told you that Aaron's first thing that he would say would be, not here to talk about me. This is all about you. And good for Kenny for making sure to give the people what they want and not let him off the hook. I mean, he soft sells it so well that he's so brilliant at what he does. And, you know, we've had him on at the Super Bowl a couple years in a row um, on Radio Row. And he is as wacky as he appears. He really is. He's just... He's a he's a guy that got into the business. I, I can't even remember when he said what twenty seven years, almost thirty years at uh, at Sports Center. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking about here? Ninety uh, one is that right? Oh one. When 11? your boy yeah. was born, that right. that would add up ninety one. So he got in in a time, and I talked about this yesterday, where the sports anchor was a big big deal. Like a huge deal, where you did stay up to watch and get those three minutes, and then Sports Center took over. And it was all about the hour-long sports center. And then Sunday night sports center was was the thing. After and if you're old enough listening, you know about George Michael's sports machine. Um, and then that launched sports center and all of that. And in the the long highlight shows of every game, everything you needed to see. Don't wait for the paper and all that. You know, he jumped in at a time where the sports center anchor was the dream of every local anchor. That was that was the holy grail. That was it. If you worked for ESPN, you worked for Sports Center, you had made it. There was nothing higher. And you know, and for guys like me and guys that were in like local, you know, you looked at that as those were the pros. I mean, not that people local weren't good. It's just that that was the level. That was the national stage level and he got into it at the right time and it was all about personality and writing to your highlights and and all of that, and how good of a writer could you be? How clever could you be? It really wasn't about journalism, Maddie. It was about highlights and scores. That's why. Yeah. That's why most of us got into it. Mm-hmm. Now, this side of it, the electronic side of it, I'm not. I'm not trying to talk about um, the other side, which is which is incredibly important, which is the print journalism and all that. Which yeah. now and then worlds collided because you know why? 
because all of the all of the hardcore print journalists who called us the microphone holders and that and the talking heads all those people then realized that they were starting to kind of become extinct a little bit and then what happened is when sports center started to go 24 hours and you needed to fill stuff look at all the shows now it's not highlights and scores they're doing what we do they're doing what we do they're doing talking they're doing sports radio on TV, and you need people who cover these teams to weigh in and inside. That's when the insider was born and all that. And so all the guy, all the people that did print journalism, they started to get chances to be on TV. And it was always separated, man. It was always like, okay, the TV people, they're TV people. Print the writers, they're the writers. They're the the you know been around a while, sourced insider stuff. And then it all kind of blended. And he was involved in all of that. So I think he did a really good job last night in getting what you knew we were going to get, which was a little bit, but not everything. There's no way. I mean, he wasn't sitting down with 60 minutes. I mean, this was a, a just a, a fun little deal. But uh, it's one of those things where, unfortunately, it deserved like a deeper dive and some follow-ups to what Rogers had said, and we'll go over, we'll let you hear it. If you haven't heard it, uh, we will examine it a little bit. There, When you start throwing out stuff like culture and priorities about people and what really makes the thing go, that takes you right to management. That takes you, he, he gave a, it was a huge shot at management last night. It was, an, it was a, you could tell where it was. He had one foot in, one foot out, fans, legacy, all that stuff. But my takeaway on it was that it, I'm not saying he wasn't being honest. He just wasn't being – there just wasn't enough there for us to sink our teeth into. Do you agree? Totally agree. And it's kind of what we were expecting, right? We kind of touched on it a little bit, like you said yesterday, and kind of, you know, what we were anticipating from both of them. <clears throat> and I, and I thought Kenny Main, I thought he did a good job because obviously they have a relationship and he pressed him professionally just enough to where Aaron Rodgers probably respected what he had to do. And I'm sure Aaron knew coming into this that Kenny had to go down that route a little bit, even though Aaron <laughs> just joking and wanted to make it about Kenny, which we kind of knew he would want to do but to me I thought Kenny did his job and I know that's tough for him and it's tough for Aaron to be in that spot but the whole sports world was waiting for this to find out what is going on in this guy's mind talking about Aaron Rodgers but my biggest takeaway from all of this was it ain't Jordan Love it ain't the coaching staff and Matt LaFleur it's Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy it's the decision makers Mm -hmm. it's the guys up top that for whatever reason he feels wronged by because of the process leading up to Jordan Love or things even prior to Jordan Love, I walked away with there's an obvious issue between those three guys. And the other thing that I took away was, well, he didn't really say I'll be back anytime soon. He didn't say, hey, I'm still the Packers quarterback. I'm going to be the guy of the future. The only thing that I could take away from last night was, Everyone else outside of Gutekunst and Mark Murphy are okay in Aaron Rodgers' eyes because he he okayed the Jordan Love thing. He's not mad at Jordan Love. Jordan Love didn't pick Green Bay. Green Bay picked Jordan Love. 
I think what you touched on and the two words that popped up a lot and which I'm sure we'll get into next is people and culture, people and culture. And that's the big thing there is there's something between Aaron Rodgers and the higher ups in Green Bay that he ain't rocking with. And until that's figured out, then it seems to me that there's going to be an issue. Yeah, this is a classic help me help you kind of situation. And I and I'm not saying that this was personal towards Rodgers. It was indirectly personal because I've told you on the air before that I feel like sometimes Aaron can right so many wrongs that management feels like it's on autopilot. And we can't address... Aaron Rodgers gave the Packers, in their own minds, the ability to think future while they were in the present. And that, to me, is the crux of this. It doesn't mean that they don't want to win... It means for him that he doesn't feel valued, and that's it. Last night was a shot at management, period. But then if he was on a show where he was there to talk about that, then the follow-up has to be, well, what about the culture has failed in your eyes? And they were never going to get into that. They weren't, they're not in a rebuild. That's the joke of it. They're not in a rebuild. So you don't trade up for a quarterback in the first round with a former MVP quarterback on the roster. And then his little slice into them, which is, I ruined it by winning the MVP. That was huge when he said that. That if they thought this was going the other way and that the future had the scales of justice where the future was outweighing the present, well, I screwed that up for him because the present outweighs the future because you have me. And he doesn't feel valued, and that's why he wants out. And that's it, probably in a nutshell. We'll come back. We'll let you hear it next. Off and running. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Hot sports takes and 90-second movie reviews from their dumb producer. Now that's a recipe for success. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Weekday mornings at 9. The fan. Joggers or sweatpants. Either way, one size fits all. This is Rothman and Ice. Welcome back in. It's a Burrett's. Let me take over, Maddie. You are garbled on your machine. Hopefully you can reconnect in moments. Uh, Let me see about this tweet I just got. Oh, my boy, Chad. Appreciate my man, Anthony Routh, but not bringing up uh, Tristan Jari's assistant end of the game last night. No need to talk about hockey and see bus till next year. Uh, It was brutal. I don't know what to say other than that's the one you want back. And we saw Elvis do that this year. So Elvis have some uh, funny times with the puck behind the cage. This one was in front of the cage. This is when the aisle are closing in on him. He's waiting. He's doing the right thing. Um, Got to go to the wall with that. I don't need my goalie making a hero pass in double OT. So uh, that can't happen. But that's one that you want back in. That's the one where you don't know what to do. You hang your head, you skate off, and that that's it. I, it's It's one of the most... Insane deals when a goalie senses where someone is going to go and then that window just shuts quickly when he's trying to outlet that pass down the center of the ice. And then Islanders are on full assault at that point and they're, they see something there and then Bailey gets the uh, overtime game-winning goal. So anyway, brutal. Uh, I don't know if you saw. Did you catch that, Maddie, last night at all? I was tapped yeah. into the NBA games more yeah. so than the NHL last night. After I was kind of going from the Indians game to the NBA games, mm-hmm. that's where I was getting down last night. Yeah, I don't know. I and and now there's thoughts about you know would you put him back in there again? Like I, you got to know him 
you got to know what that dude's made of before you make that on how much that's going to carry over, whether the pressure to rebound is too much now. Boy, I don't know what I would do. Let's think about that one, whether you're throwing back in there or not. All right, Maddie, take over, brother. Oh, yeah, let me hit you yeah. up my friends from Star yeah. Energy because I had a little mic issue there. So join Star Energy and you'll get a great fixed price, all green energy and no early termination fee. And here's the winning shot. You get to pick the team of your choice to win its champion chip. And if your team wins, you get 150 bucks in energy credits. And they'll even give you two twenty-five bucks if you are wrong. Look, it's a great electricity product anyway. And they're all sports fans over at Star. So they juiced up the game by letting you pick and win. Come on, guys. It's free to pick. I can't emphasize that enough. And I want every sports fan to go to Star. You can hit them up at 833-GO-TEAM3, and that's the number three, and they'll make picking your team and signing up with Star easy as an unguarded layup. Call 833-GO-TEAM3 right now, and Star even has a no-obligation free sweepstakes going just for calling in. That's it. If you think you can pick a winner, then put some fun in your electricity bill. And more importantly, folks, put some money in your pocket. Let's go go check out my folks over at Star Energy. Uh, certain athletes have power. Certain athletes have more power than others. And that's what we're seeing right now, whether it's Julio Jones, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Deshaun Watson, although before everything happened, it felt like he had all the power. Yeah. Um, but here we go with Aaron Rodgers. Last night on the tribute show, the, the final hurrah for Kenny Mayne. A lot of playful stuff, fun stuff. Uh, the F-bomb at the end. You can tell they're, they're boys. And this is a comfortable interview for him to do. Uh, kind of, you know, they joked about cryptocurrency and how big of a loss that Kenny's taking now. And it just it was a fun interview. Prior to that, they spoke about this divorce with the Packers. And this is his first time speaking out about it. So Aaron, in my mind, was able to let a little air out of the balloon here. Um, didn't pop it completely, but this is the way that maybe he could at least get on the record a little bit, and you can check body language and how he feels about the situation. While he didn't really give us any specifics about his future, he did explain that his issues in Green Bay are, I guess for him, deeper than just draft picks. It's never been about, never been about the draft pick. Uh, picking Jordan, I love Jordan. He's a great kid. A lot of fun to to work together. Uh, I love coaching staff. Love my teammates. You know, I love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible. Sixteen years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy, and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about it's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. And a lot of this was put in motion last year. And uh, the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won the MVP and played uh, the way I played last year. So this is just kind of, I think, uh, the the spill out of all that. Here's the deal for me. Uh, I said last segment he feels uh, undervalued by them and how they act and go about their business. There's also a part of me that he feels uh, disrespected in a way, that he should have more say. He should feel better about who he is for that organization, and he doesn't. For some reason, I think he feels like just a guy. I feel like, I don't think they feel like he is, but I think that's how he feels. I think if he was really being honest, he would say, the Green Bay Packers have gotten way too complacent with me playing quarterback for them. Way too complacent. That this is now no longer about uh, winning a championship. It's about 
getting close. And if we don't, that's okay, as long as we don't bottom out. And I think these that's the philosophy part for me, in that the Packers don't want to have no answer at quarterback moving forward. They had a guy that was highly ranked on their draft board, and they traded up to get him. And they figured, well, Aaron's a cool guy. He's pretty low-key, doesn't do a lot of media, pretty casual, California dude, playing here in a small market in Green Bay. He's on board. We got the QB box checked. We're good there. So let's have Aaron Rodgers for the next couple of years, and then we'll move on to Jordan Love, just like we did with him and Favre, and uh, re- history will repeat itself. And what they missed out on is this beautiful time with him and trying to go all in with him, because that's really what you're supposed to do, especially if you're the Green Bay Packers. And so this may go back, Maddie, as far as, you know, when they hired McCarthy and he really didn't seem to like him. Uh, you're t- going back to like 15 years. They draft. He said it's not about Jordan Love. Yeah, it's not about Jordan Love as the person. It's still about Jordan Love as the draft pick. There's no question it is. When he said it's not about draft picks, I don't, I don't believe him. I don't believe him. It's not about Jordan the person. We get that. He's got nothing against Jordan. Like you said, he didn't pick him. It's the fact that they picked a quarterback. It could have been anybody that had QB next to their name. That's what he's upset about is why aren't you going all in with me? Why are you doing things that seem to be undermining who I am and what I bring to this organization? I can't do it all by myself. Why aren't why don't we have an all-in attitude? Why why we're the Green Bay Packers so we can just rest on what we've done in the past? Honestly, if I'm I'm like playing his attorney right now. I feel like that's what he really wanted to say, but in that casual moment with Kenny Mayne, that stuff wasn't going to come out. It's all coming down to communication for me, man. Like, that's it. And I think that's what he's looking for. If I want to read more into, you know, what we got from him last night, it's coming down to the lack of communication from the GM and, you know, Mark Murphy, that he feels like their decision-making process is not something he agrees with. And when he was sitting there on his couch and got blindsided by the Jordan Love pick, that rubbed him the wrong way, and to me, he has every right to be to feel that way about being blindsided about it. Like we've had a myriad of examples this off season of teams letting their quarterback know what they're going to do, not letting the quarterback make the decision, but at least giving them a heads up. The Bucks did it with Brady, the Bears did it with Dalton. The Vikings did it with your boy Cousins. Even the Broncos I saw last night had a report out there for Drew Locke. They let him know about trading for Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that's all this is, is that, hey, just let me know what you guys are going to do. That way I can process it a little bit better. I'm not going to like that they're the quarterback of the future is already in the building and I'm playing at an MVP caliber, but it's easier to embrace if you just let me know. So now this is on Gutekind and Mark Murphy to figure this thing out because we got Rodgers on the record a little bit. We didn't get a ton of detail. I get that. But now it's on them to either speak again or try to do more to make this relationship better than what it is. Because if I'm a Packers fan this morning, I don't wake up feeling any better. I don't wake up feeling any better no. about the situation of because not. he's not saying I'm showing up to mandatory minicamp when we kick this thing off in a few weeks on June 8th. So there's a ton of question marks around it, but you and I are in lockstep in this. He's shooting he's shooting bullets across the aisle at, at Goody and Mark mm-hmm. Murphy. And yeah. until they figure it out, I think 12 is going to have yeah. beef with him. I don't think there's anything to figure out. He took the shot. Uh, they made their bed, and now they'll lie in it. And I think that's how he feels. Nate Davis, USA Today, next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. 
season ticket holder from day one? Us too. Now and forever, your flagship home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. All right, back at it. Aaron Rodgers still hasn't found what he's looking for. We go to the Brian Heating Coin Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Welcome on from USA Today, our friend Nate Davis. Nate, good to have you. Well done, Anthony. Yeah. Good, to, good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Good to talk with you. Uh, so what's your takeaway on last night's interview with Kenny Mayne? Um, this is a foregone conclusion, right? I mean, he's gone. It's just how do they make it happen, and how long do the Packers hang on to this? Uh, I've said to Maddie on the show numerous times that you're in the business of you're in the football business. As much as you'd like to call his bluff and say, "All right, don't play, don't get paid," this isn't far. They know what he's worth. Uh, you you can rebuild pretty nicely here if you trade him. What's going to happen? Well, my, my main takeaway from the interview last night is I, I just uh, Kenny Mayne's walk off was was, uh, was epic. I, tr- I truly enjoyed enjoyed that. <laughs> but we, we we will miss him. But um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't feel like Aaron Rodgers did anything definitive last night, and you know, all all options on the table or or, uh, or whatever. So I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, the unfortunate thing about when the when this news leaked out, which obviously wasn't wasn't the timing Aaron Rodgers wanted or anyone else, but um, it, it, it's hard to execute a trade at, at this point um, of the offseason. I mean, team teams have spent their money. I mean, he's 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 owed uh, I think sixteen million dollars cash still this season after already getting paid his, his roster bonus. But you know, there, there are only a few teams right now that, that can absorb that contract. I mean, obviously others could could move money around, but but you know, either way, you've definitely limited you know your your, your pool of options. Um, uh, at this at this point of the season, so I mean, I think that is one reason that you know we see we see the Broncos prominently mentioned mentioned is because they, they they've got the cap space to take him. Um, you know, I think I think maybe the Raiders they could easily get out of Derek Carr's contract and, and make some of their money back. But um, you know, I, I just don't think it's the ideal time to do it if, if you are Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers going to a new team, I think you would probably prefer to be in a scenario where you've got a full off season and you're going to OTAs and. And, and you're meeting with uh, with your new teammates and getting getting you know acclimated with an offense. So I'm, I'm not even really sure that's what he wants at, at this point because it's certainly not an ideal situation to parachute into a team in August. So we'll we'll find out obviously. Let's look ahead to the season and let's say Aaron Rodgers isn't traded and we get into kind of we get through all of this stuff and he's taking snaps for them in week one after Tampa. Would you have Aaron Rodgers in the Packers as maybe the best squad in the NFC or is there someone else you may like? I, I think I think they're probably right there in the discussion for for one, two, or three. I mean, I think I think the you know, NFC North it, it, it would appear with Aaron Rodgers that they're they're the clear cut team to beat uh, in that division. I think you'd have to like them better than any of the teams in, in the NFC East. Uh, you know, the the Saints we we would think look look weekend. I mean, I, I think the one team you do keep an eye on is, is the Forty Niners. Um, you know, they're they're coming back. Uh, in theory, with with all of their their big horses after after the injuries last year, and that was a team that um, you know ran through the Packers in the NFC Championship game two years ago. So we'll kind of see how, how everything plays out with with Jimmy Garoppolo. But you you would think that the 49ers will will return as as a, as a powerhouse kind of team um, playing um, a last place schedule this year. So that that'll that'll help them. But 
I, I think I think probably Buccaneers, 49ers, and, and, and Packers, I, I would think, would, would be the, the top three teams we'll probably be talking about in the NFC. Maybe the Rams too. I, I got to throw out the Rams too because I am I am very intrigued to see how they what they become with Matthew Stafford. Nate Davis, USA Today, with us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. You know, I said to Maddie that you know I don't know how you win him back. I don't know how you win Rogers back here because I I guess you could try to go and swing for a a big player and I and I'm you know Julio Jones has a massive contract here and I I guess after June. Um, maybe it'll become a little easier here. Can the Packers swing this, Nate? Could they even could they could they move enough around to to lure him back that way? Because in your mind, um, I, I just don't know how. I, I think it, so, it sounds to me like he'd rather sit it out than than win, try to win any more games for them. Um, but could they pull off a Julio Jones? Try to get him and a weapon who's unhappy. Yeah, I mean that that would be awfully tough. I mean, I, I mean, Anthony. I mean, I, I've I've definitely learned my lessons. That you never say never in the NFL. I mean, we thought we thought Jared Cuff's contract was unmovable. We thought Carson Wentz's contract was, was unmovable. Um, so obviously, those things have, have happened. Um, but I mean, you're right. I mean, the Packers I think effectively have about seventy five thousand dollars in cap space right now, uh, and Julio Jones is making a, a, a load of money. Uh, next year, and I, I think that's the equation that that you know people forget. I mean, I heard on ESPN this morning somebody had thrown out, "Well, the Packers should just trade Jordan Love to the Falcons for Julio Jones, and then the Falcons get their quarterback of the future, and you know Aaron Rodgers gets the receiver he wants." But like, it, it, it doesn't work financially. I mean, I mean, the, the Packers would have to do a lot of moving money around to to be able to take on uh, the re- the rest of his contract, and that's also generally not how the Packers operate. They don't they don't like to mortgage the future and. Uh, I think that's kind of been part of the problem, you know, that, that exists right now. Is is uh, you know, I heard uh, uh, JD J. Lang talking recently, and, and he he kind of said, you know, the Packers, you know, play, players there might might kind of wish that there was a little bit more of a Rams or Buccaneers mentality of like, hey, let's let's go for it now. Uh, it kind kind of what the Bucks did last year, and not always worry about what's going to happen in 2024 uh, or, or whatever. I mean, planning for the future is great, but if you got a Super Bowl caliber team now. Uh, why, why aren't we trying to get that that one or that one or second other piece that we need to to, to do it all? So um, I, I think it'd be a great way to win back his trust. But I, I, like I said, I just don't know that they've got the the financial wherewithal um, to afford that kind of a player right now. If Aaron Rodgers does get traded to Denver, I want to ask you about one of the young quarterbacks in that division and Justin Herbert, the offensive rookie of the year, because I mean those quarterback matchups would be phenomenal. Mahomes and Robert Her- uh, Rodgers, excuse me, Herbert and Rodgers. Are you a believer in what we saw in Justin Herbert? Because I know there's some people that are throwing out, "Hey, it's just one year, and defenses will adjust, and all of that." Where do you fall right now on Justin Herbert and what he can be, and maybe uh, putting a little dent in that AFC West division? Well, I signed him as a free agent in my fantasy league, I think, in week two last year when a tie rod long got punctured, and, and I looked like the smartest GM in the league after that. And I, I think I think I get to keep him this year. So I'm all about him having another big year. But, uh, you know, I, I got to say, you know, the Chargers had a really nice system in place for him. I think Anthony Lynn was probably the right coach to bring along a rookie quarterback, and he had Pep Hamilton as, a, as his position coach last year and, and that's all gone away now i mean and i mean justin herbert's talent obviously hasn't and you know i think people rave as much about um his, his mentality and, and kind of being unflappable uh as they do his, his arm strength and ability to dissect the defense but he is to some degree starting over this year you know new staff new offense uh, um that that kind of stuff so so we'll see but 
I, I don't think there's much reason not to be excited about him. I, mean, I, I don't. I think this this is a kid that, that kind of rolls with the punches, and certainly he's got uh, a lot of weapons there. They've improved the offensive line. Um, you know, he didn't have Austin Eckler for, for all that much of last year. I mean, he missed I think at least at least ten games. So I, I would be upbeat. I mean, um, the, the only thing that worries me there is I mean, there there have been so many years I thought it was going to be the breakthrough season for the Chargers. Um, but somebody always gets hurt. You know, they always lose. You know, three games by by, by some r- ridiculous fluke and, and end up seven and nine and outside the playoffs. So it it, it, it seems like they're you know as, as you guys being in Ohio, it, it seems like that the, the, they're they're Browns West uh, a lot of the time out there and, and often often uh you know do, doing things that undermine themselves. But but I hope it works out for him because I think he's an exciting you know kid to watch these, these next few years. All right, final twenty seconds here, Nate. Come come mid-August, which story will we still be talking about? Tim Tebow making the Jags or Deshaun Watson still wanting a trade? We can't make the Jags in mid-August, uh, Anthony, so I guess I guess we'll still be talking about whatever's <laughs> going on with Deshaun Watson. It sounds like he's still looking for a way out of uh, – out of Houston, but that, that takes a trade partner and somebody that's willing to take on that baggage. And I think I think that's one that might that might extend for a while. So I'm, I'll, I'll go I'll go with uh, with option B. All right, my man. Hope you're well. Continue that way, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay. Be well, guys. Yep. Nate Davis, USA Today, with us on the Bryant Heating Coin Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We'll come back. Uh, the fallout from the PGA Championship: Brooks v. Bryson, and to quote a famous commercial: "Where's the beef?" Rothman and Ice on the fan. Telling it like it is, even if that makes you uncomfortable. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Dog advice? Check. Gambling advice? Check. Eating broccoli for every meal? Check. Yeah, I know you're hungry. This is Rothman and Ice. I'll tell you, without Tiger, we're surviving on the tour with certainly Phil making history. Phil? Phil Connors? Uh, Phil Mickelson winning at 50 was pretty amazing. I mean, the other guys kind of fell around him, Maddie. They didn't They didn't really... You know, I thought in the beginning when Phil three putts... And, I mean, the thing really turned at five when Phil holds it out of the sand. I mean, that was that's what really... Uh, turned it, but you got to give Phil some credit for kind of hanging in there. In the he talked Saturday. I heard his interview on Saturday, and certainly no one's guaranteeing anything. But he said, "I really hope my score matches how I'm playing." Mm-hmm. He had pl- been playing really well, and that's really what the game is all about, right? Did you score? Um, what really stinks is when you're playing well and you're not scoring, and that's kind of what, what was going through Phil's mind. Like if everything came together on Sunday, he felt pretty good about it. I mean, it goes 16 years between. PGA wins. 16 years, 05 to 21. And sixth major, so he's tied for 12th all time. And as I mentioned yesterday, I watched Tom Watson not win the British on the 18th hole at age 60, almost. Uh, Greg Norman didn't win the British with a chance. Um, In 160 plus years of pro golf, this is the first man or woman to win a major at 50 or more. So um, it's as big of a deal as we saw on Sunday. But the undercard... The undercard of all of this is the the beefcake war between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. And I'm not sure I, I want to say I don't really know this can't be after Sunday because then Brooks wouldn't have still been talking about the guys are going to have trouble putting. The tournament was over. 
So this had to be either be after Friday or after Saturday. I don't know. But, Maddie, there was a video of Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel was interviewing Brooks Kepka after his round. I'm going to say presumably Friday or Saturday. And here comes Bryson behind him. And you're going to be able to hear um, the metal spikes that Bryson wears. He's one of the very few that still do it. Most courses wouldn't allow any average Joe to do it, but uh, in fact, they don't. Um, I don't even know. I guess they don't allow members. I, I don't even think they allow members at Muirfield to wear metal spikes. I assume when the tournament is, they, they can wear what they want. But here's this video that, by the way, was leaked. This wasn't a live video. This wasn't. This was a taped interview that the Golf Channel was doing with Brooks Kapka. And so they could do it again, and here we go. I just felt it difficult to read, you know, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes um, I, f- so I lost my train of thought, yeah, <laughs> hearing that bullshit. <laughs> I love it. I love this. All right, so everyone's asking the right questions. Where's the beef? What's going on here? Why do these two, why does the... Uh, why do they, the, 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 <laughs> how should I say this? The, uh, the new bodybuilders of the tour. And by the way, that there may be something to that. Brooks is the most chiseled fit, uh, buff daddy mm. that is on this tour right buff now. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> until Bryson. Until Bryson's whole thing, putting he on the weight, he, he did. But he got linebacker swole. Brooks <laughs> yeah. is more of like men's health kind of fit. And there may be some insecurity going on here, which is weird because Brooks has four majors, and Bryson has one. And and I don't, and maybe there is some something about I hit the ball the farthest and whatever. But it does go back further, and I'll tell you why. So. Kepka, there may be some insecurity here. I don't know why. Or maybe just Bryson just annoys him to death. Kepka called out to Shambo because he's a slow player. Goes mm-hmm. through his abacus, goes through all that, the protractor, all that stuff. The scientific golfer. You know, Mr. Einstein on the golf course. Which, it's funny because they allowed them to use range finders this weekend. Which is so weird. And so he called him out for slow play. And he's kind of trolled him over just being really quirky and weird. Like, remember the red ants near his ball? Remember when he was looking for a drop and those fire ants or whatever were near? Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. But this one was fairly minor. I mean, the dude walked... And I'm wondering if Bryson saw that that was Brooks and said, I'm going to walk on the card path of right behind his interview and see how much did. I can annoy him. Of course he did. Yeah. They, they push each other buttons. Of course sure. they did. And you talk about, you know, when Kepka called, you know, Bryson out about, you know, taking too long. And then after that, AR, you know, I guess Bryson kind of mocked Kepka's physique and the ESPN, the body, the issue. So these guys are going back and forth. Do you remember what his I, response was for that? No. What was it? So I think he talked about his physique or something. And then Brooks took a picture of his four major trophies and said, you're right, I am a couple short of a six-pack. 
<laughs> this is what the sport needs. This is what golf needs. It needs a little bit of juice. It needs a little bit more sizzle every now and then. But it's got to come from these guys. It's got to come from the top dogs around the sport. And these are two, uh, obviously, of the big faces around the PGA Tour right now. And if they've got beef, I'm all for it. That sound clip is incredible. I am all in on Bryson doing it to get under Brooks' skin and irking him. And I'm all in on the reaction from Brooks. And it's really good. I've always compared compared Trevor Bauer and Bryson DeChambeau in their sports. Kirky, weird, do things differently. A lot of numbers, analytics, deep thinkers. A lot of people don't like Trevor Bauer in the big leagues. A lot of players are rubbed mm-hmm. wrong about how he goes about things. And I get the same vibe now with Bryson DeChambeau. And that dude, he, he doesn't care. He's going to do what works best for him in the same way Trevor Bauer is going to do what works best for them. And neither one of those guys is going to back down. So I think this is tremendous. I love it. I hope we get more of it. And I hope, AR, that we get a major with these two guys in the final pairing soon enough or some big tournament soon enough because we all need to be locked in with those hot mics on the tee boxes with those guys playing for some Mm -hmm. cash in a trophy. That's big time right there. Why do you think this video was leaked? (laughs) It was leaked because they want this rivalry out there. Golf needs this. It does. There's no Tiger. And there may never be Tiger again the way we've known Tiger. And I'll tell you what. If the USGA doesn't pair these two up Ugh. for a round of the U.S. Open next month, that's a fail. It is. That's, that's it is. their fail. Yep. Now, there is something about suspense. I am into the suspense. The suspense is terrible. I hope it'll last. I really do hope it lasts. I don't need. I don't want this thing put to bed at Tory either. No, no, no. So no, we no, have no. to think about this. Um, we may. We need the Kapka DeChambeau mm-hmm. all in at a major. Mm-hmm. Or Ryder Cup or whatever it's going to be. Yep. So remember, the interview was done by the Golf Channel, which, by the way, I guess never released the video and didn't comment on it today from what I've seen. I don't know how the video got leaked to social media. Maybe it was just some rogue dude in the truck that taped it Ooh. and sent it to somebody, a friend, and then the friend uploads it. Like, hey, I can't upload this, but you can. <laughs> Who knows? They'll investigate that if there really was a problem. But Kepka and DeShambo. This rivalry that's grown for a couple years, and now it's getting more intense. It's awesome. Yep. All right, we'll come back. Sports Center update. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Keeping you entertained with our vast selection of hot takes and play-by-play for over 25 years. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destination. If you are not kind to animals, humane agent Rothman will kick your ass. Humanely. This is Rothman and Ice. Welcome back in. Second hour, Rothman and Ice. Just thinking about this during the break. And the USGA needs to promote this Rocky II style. And so I am going to tab this Bryson v. Brooks. And hey, listen, IBM presents You Make the Call. You can decide which one is which. This is the ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. Our little slaves out there, Thunderlips is here, in the flesh, baby. Baby. <laughs> oh my God. The ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. There you go. That's it. Get Thunderlips in there. Get this U.S. Open really percolating. And then let the golf-loving fan and fringe fan decide who is the ultimate male and who is the ultimate meatball. 
See, I'm leaning towards Bryson being the meatball Mm -hmm. and Brooks being the male. That's where I'm at right now. Where do you fall? Well, I I think that there's certainly a... See, I just don't understand why Brooks is... I mean, I understand why he's annoyed, but he's got it all right now. He just may not like the dude, you know? He just may not like the dude. Because I'm with you, BK. He's got a lot. Trophies, money, living a lifestyle. He's got everything. A1 game on the course. Kind of a, I'm sure, a little fear factor around him now when you get late into a weekend and there's a major on the line and you see his name close up to the top of that leaderboard. Didn't happen this weekend. I think, But I think he's earned some of that yeah. mentally, though, for some golfers. Like When you see his name there, you know that that dude absolutely is probably going to be in the mix. But to me, he just may not like the guy. And yeah. I could see why you don't like a guy like Bryson DeChambeau. He's not for everyone. And that's okay. Bryson's his own cat. He's living yeah. in his own world. But Brooks seems like a laid-back dude. He's chill. I've never really seen him get overly emotional out there on the course. The most I've seen him smile is when he's holding up one of those trophies, as he should be. But he's kind of a chill dude. And then you got this other guy that is right there and making a name for himself, and he rubs you the wrong way. He just may be like, you know what? I don't like the guy. Get him out of here. Part of this is the knee issue with Brooks, and the, he's a little annoyed right now about you know how he can play and how he can rotate and all that. He was yanking everything on Sunday. That was his tournament to win. I think everybody looked at the leaderboard and said that's the guy. And then when they when they when they had the two shot swing at number one, everyone, including me, was like, okay, Brooks is going to show up on Sunday again, and he's going to take this snatch this from this fifty year old. Like it seemed almost too easy in a way, and he couldn't do it. And he's upset, and I think he's starting to uh, – he's showing a little bit of a uh, – there's a weakness right now in his body and in his game, and you also feel like that it never was going to be like that. Look at what happened to him on Sunday. The putter failed him even. Forgetting about from a physical standpoint. He did not putt well on Sunday. He could have hung in there. He could have kept the pressure on Phil. Um, he certainly knew all the eyes were on Phil. Now, the, the problem with it is – and I think Brooks can handle it because he's a multi-major winner. Most guys wouldn't want to be playing with Phil, with that crowd. I mean, that would have been very, very difficult. But he, you're right. He's the guy that should be able to handle that. And I think what's, what's going on here now is when Bryson came on tour as the next biggest thing, Brooks has a little bit of what about me going on. And I think there's a big thing about that. That Why is he getting so much attention? Yes, he can hit the ball far. That's about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's something that is going on with Brooks in his mind that, hey, it's one of those deals where stop talking about this guy because he can hit the ball far. You know, I'm the one with the majors. Now, certainly Bryson won one, and the way, the amount of times he, and here's the other thing, let's not, let's not like bang on Bryson so much here. This dude is still very good for golf and that he goes for it. You know, he did it at the players where he's trying to take it over these big bodies of water, which nobody can do. Like, that's really good for golf as well. It's the other stuff that probably annoys Brooks. The, I'm going to talk scientific, and I know more about the swing, and it's got a little bit of Tiger going, where Tiger would come in after playing pretty well and saying, I didn't have my A game, and guys started to get annoyed. It's, It's a little bit of LeBron. I'm seeing three rims. I just aim for the one in the middle. Like, the dudes that kind of amp up the drama a little bit. But I'm with you. I think Bryson is kind of like this. I don't know how much he amps it up for the media. 
this is who he is. He's got weird, you know, setup. He's got one length clubs. He's, uh, I think they're both really good for the game. So I hope this continues. I think it's phenomenal. The dude's nickname is The Scientist. I'm all about it. I'm all about this, man. Like I said, I just think golf needs more of this. I think sometimes it can get a little quiet, a little stale sometimes with just the same, same old, same old guys just being, you know, quiet and reserved. It's a quiet game. I get that. But I want more personality in the sport. I want more swagger in the sport. And if these guys are kind of starting a new chapter here in the world of golf, I'm all about it. Because if younger kids are going to go about going, you know, playing the game the right way, but also having fun and not worrying about the old school, you got to do this, you got to do that, then I think the sport absolutely needs it because that'll bring in more fans than what it already has. Yeah. Speaking of bringing in fans, that's what the Jaguars hope that Tim Tebow will do. He already has. Uh, we know that there's a... Uh, I The problem with the Tebow thing is that he hasn't yet become a sympathetic figure. Like, there, ha- there isn't anything about Tebow right now that... You either liked him before and you want him to make it, or he rubs you the wrong way and you're going to root for him to fail. Like, I, there's not a whole lot of middle ground. Even though I'm, I am kind of in that. Hey, man, I remember when he went to baseball and Bob and I were doing the show, and I'm like, okay. I mean, there's there's some there's. I know there are a lot of people that accuse him. Well, he got the chance that nobody else got in baseball, and now he's getting in football. I get that. Life isn't fair, but there is something. There was something about when he put his. Um, athleticism on display, and if you fail, you will look worse than most. This dude, you know, was a, a two-time national champion. He won every award there was in college, including the Heisman. Like there, there were thoughts in my mind that sometimes you have to admire somebody for coming, stepping out of their comfort zone. And I think that's what Tebow did in baseball. Now he got, you know, preferential treatment. We can all admit that. But he also put himself on the line to be ridiculed and look bad. And when you're a great athlete, you don't want that. I, I say the same thing about Tony Romo. Really great, re- like a great amateur golfer. One of the best that's out there. Steph Curry. These guys that want to step into other arenas. Now, maybe, Maddie, they're secure enough of their own sport that this isn't my number one chosen sport. So if I fail, it's not a big deal. But I think to them it is. And... That's why when he signed that minor league contract with the Mets and as a left fielder in a DH until retiring this year, um, I think there was something that, hey, I've got a finite amount of time on this earth. If I want to pursue a career in professional baseball, I'm going to give it a shot. I think that where, come, where the problem is, and you can tell me whether you agree with this, people accuse him of doing this for fame and not the right reason. And I'm not in that camp. Some people feel that he's an attention seeker. That's what I mean. um, That he's cutting corners. And I agree with the cutting corners part because I don't think he's necessarily earned this opportunity, if I'm being completely honest. He hasn't. And I think there's other guys that are probably bouncing around the league or guys that are still free agents that play that position that, to me, have earned the right to be a part of an NFL team. And I know people are yelling from the rooftops. It's just mini camp and all that stuff. That That's fine. But there's other guys that are sitting at home waiting for a job. And Tim Tebow's down there running routes right now in Jacksonville, potentially taking that guy, that guy's job. So that's kind of my only beef with this. I understand the process. <laughs> you know, his former head coach who, like you said, had a ton of success with him. He's the head honcho in Jacksonville. So you hit your boy up if you want to, you know, get off the couch or get off the ESPN set or whatever he's been doing. 
and, and go play some football. Fine, whatever. But I'm, I'm to the point now, AR, where I'm mm-hmm. kind of sick of it. I'm already mm-hmm. kind of sick of this. And this is what I was kind of worried about when this all started, is that it's going to be Tebow mania all again. And for what? And for what? We, we know this guy, he's not going to be an all-pro guy. He may not even be in a middle-of-the-pack guy. Heck, he may not even make the roster. So the attention that he gets, to me, is why I understand why people get frustrated with Tim Tebow, is that this guy just won't go away. And it's not, he won't just go away off my TV set. We're fine with him, you know, calling college games and doing game day or whatever he does on the SEC Network. That's fine. But this professional athletic stuff to where he thinks that he can just jump in and out and do this all the time, it's frustrating. And and, and I get it. And especially when you talk about him kind of cheating the line and jumping in front of guys that are busting their tail year-round to even get an opportunity to get on a practice squad or get an invite to minicamp. And here he is taking up a spot and gaining all the national headlines and soaking up all of these jersey sales. And Jacksonville's going to love that. That's the part they're going to love. And I think that's the part of the reason why he probably will make the team. It's because the owner is going to sit back and see dollar signs. And he's going to be up there in his booth on Sundays. He's going to have the number one overall pick. And he's going to have a star attraction in Tim Tebow. And those gates are going to be rolling. And the people coming into that stadium are going to be wearing Tim Tebow jerseys mm-hmm. and Trevor Lawrence. So he's going to see dollar signs. And I think Urban's is going to sign off on the leadership stuff. And I think mm-hmm. the owner's going to sign off on the money stuff. So I, I look, man, the more I think about it, I think he's going to carve his way into that locker room. And then that gets us into a conversation of how are his teammates going to feel mm-hmm. about it. No guaranteed money here. I mean, it's going to be harder for him to make the team. And I said last week, I think this thing will flush out. You may eventually be right. And that no matter what happens, they'll force feed him onto the roster. But I think that's where the danger comes in because professional football's professional football players they know now a lot of them may not be able to be convinced that even if he does show up in camp and plays well and does his job and makes it harder on people um as i've called him uh you know he's going to rudy this thing and be the ultimate scout player in the nfl i I still think there'll be pros that won't be convinced he'll be in the crosshairs he'll be a target um i don't know how he wins them over the only way he wins them over is by busting his butt and somehow opening some eyes to you know what maybe he can help us because at the end of the day, that's what a teammate wants. Can you help us win? That's what we're all supposed to be out here for. But you're right. They may be hell-bent on just getting him on the roster for a lot of reasons. Um, and you, you named a couple of those. We'll come back with a drama that we talked about you know, a couple months ago. Is the drama over in Seattle? Rothman and Ice on the fan. Always imitated, never duplicated. Your heritage sports talker and flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. One of them survives on almonds and broccoli. The other crushes frozen pizza in his unwashed sweats. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Welcome back in. Happy Tuesday to you. Do you get a power bill? Are you a sports fan and think you can pick a winner? I guess the answer to all three of those is yes. I'm here with my guys and my gals over at Star Energy. And boy, do they have an offer for you. You can join Star Energy and you'll get a great fixed price. All green energy and no early termination fee. And here is the best part. You get to pick the team of your choice to win its championship. And if your team wins, folks, you're going to win 150 bucks in energy credits. And they'll even give you $25 if you are wrong. Look, it's a great, great, great electricity product anyway. And they're all sports fans over there at Star. So they juiced up the game by letting you pick 
and win. Come on, sports fans. It's free to pick, and I want every sports fan to go to star. You can hit them up at 833-GO-TEAM, the number three, and they'll make picking your team and signing up with star easy as a one-foot putt to win the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Call 833-GO-TEAM3 right now, and Star even has a no-obligation free sweepstakes going just for calling in. That's it, guys. If you think you can pick a winner, then put some fun in your electricity bill and some money in your pocket. Holler at my friends over at Star Energy right now. CB should do that in over and under. He should he should give us money even when we're wrong. <laughs> That's how it should work. I like give that. us give us a decent amount if we're right, and then even if we're wrong, <laughs> pay us out. Like um, you know, it's funny you said about the one foot putt. I, you know, this is just how my brain works. I'd probably rather have like a five foot putt or a six foot putt, Come just because if I miss it, it won't be as embarrassing <laughs> than if I boot a two footer. Like that's the one oh, you you have to make. Yeah. Like I'm in that camp of. I'm just trying to mitigate losses. Yeah, that, that says too much about me. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about Russell Wilson in a while. I know. And guess what else? He has not talked to the media since February. And I think that could change over the next few weeks here with OTAs. Yep. If, by the way, let me let me disclaim this. If the veterans decide to go, <laughs> I, I don't know if they will. Uh, they were scheduled for their first voluntary workout yesterday. Um, and I know the, the Seahawks were among a lot of teams that said through the NFLPA last month that players would not take part in voluntary on-field drills out of concerns over COVID. Now, they said that they hoped for this positive shift before the mandatory three-day minicamp in June, and maybe that'll be it in mid-June when we find out. But um, the Russell Wilson drama has gone away for now. I'm not ready to say this is done and he's a Seahawk. This seems like they're almost like just kind of a, a stay of execution in a way. Um, now, I, I really don't know where to go with this other than the fact that there's been a lot of talk about Russell Wilson thinking about his life after football and entertainment, ownership. Like, he's already heavily into ownership, right? Doesn't he own the he, and, uh, uh, he owns he, the soccer team out there, right? Or he's a part he, owner of the he soccer. He and his I wife, think. Sierra. Yeah. I think they're part owners, yeah. And then I read a while back that he wants to be part of the group that wants to lure baseball to like the great Northwest in Portland. With the, yeah, with the athletics getting bounced mm-hmm, out of Oakland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right. And by the way, they could visit Portland. Mm-hmm. And they are going to visit Portland to kind of do a little recon there. Yeah. I remember, I remember hearing also that he was with a group that said, hey, let's bring back the Sonics. Mm, Bring him back, Sean Marvin Kemp. the Eraser Webster and yeah. Jack Sigma, Detlef Shrimp, Gary Shrimp. That's a great name to have to yeah, say man. a lot. Shrimp. Yeah, I love that team. Love that team. Man, I was going crazy with that team in NBA Jam. Ar, you couldn't beat me. You couldn't yeah. beat me in NBA Jam with yeah. Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and Detlef Shrimp out there. You couldn't beat me. Why did they change it from the Seattle SuperSonics to the Sonics? I mean, I don't why know. can't we just keep Super in there? That's yeah. Fine, I don't right? know. And, that, and Oklahoma City needs to give them no. their basketball team back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Oklahoma well, City maybe Thunder Russ. fans. Go back to Seattle. Well, maybe Russ can make that happen. Um, now, so I have no idea. I know that that he's that he is uh, talked to Mark Cuban. Um, they want to. There, there's there's something going on here, and I just wonder if he's just ready to put the drama of being in Seattle. Remember when he named the teams? His when he yeah. when he has a no trade clause in his contract, like Except I don't want to go teams. anywhere, but. 
if you do want to send me somewhere that I can veto, these would be the four. Yeah. And what was it? Was Vegas? The Bears. Was the Bears. Was it Dallas? Raiders? Saints? A couple of them are jumping I think into the my Saints mind. Saints were definitely okay. In so there. let's go: Bears, Saints, Raiders for sure. Raiders, Cowboys. Yes, I that think, was the okay. other one because I was on board with hey, if Dak is disgruntled and they didn't work out their contract situation and all of that stuff, then I think Seattle would be okay getting Dak Prescott in return, and obviously Jerry Jones would love to get Russell Wilson down to Dallas. So the latest here is coming from Albert Breer, former Buckeye, uh, covers mm-hmm. the league for Sports Illustrated, saying that Russ quote fully understands his place and has regained confidence for this year after mm-hmm. the team agreed to shift its offensive philosophy. There were uh, there were three. Three things, this is a quote from Breer, uh, Wilson wanted. One, a new offensive philosophy that would maximize him as a player. Two, a real high-end, ready-to-play addition to the offensive line. And three, communication, word of the day, on the direction of the team from Carroll and general manager John Schneider. So if those are the things that Breer is hearing or heard from Russell Wilson or his agent or whatever – we could check off two of those boxes. They went out and got a new offensive coordinator from the Rams and Shane Waldron. He was their guy on their staff. And look, you got to feel pretty good about that. McVay and company have had a fun little offense the last couple of years. And they traded for a veteran uh, offensive lineman there and Gabe Jackson from the Raiders. So now the third part is something that we'll have to wait and see. And we started off the top of the show talking about Aaron Rodgers, and now we're hearing it again when it comes to Russell Wilson. And Breer just said the word communication between the head coach and the GM is what he's looking for. So if Pete Carroll and John Schneider are going to be okay with welcoming him in to the inner circle a little bit when it comes to, hey, this is what we're thinking, then I think this situation is going to be okay. Don't know if it's the same up in Green Bay, but a, a, an off-season checklist for Russell Wilson, three things that he was prioritizing, two of those things have been taken care of, and now we just have to see what's going to happen with the relationship between the GM and Pete Carroll. But Pete Carroll came out the other day and said that all of this is old news. So I think if you're a Seattle fan, you got to be feeling pretty good about where things stand right now with Mr. Dangerous, a.k.a. Mr. Unlimited yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a little bit of no news is good news for a Seattle fan here, but it doesn't erase the fact that Adam Schefter reported that his own agent said he would accept a trade to one of those teams we talked about. My client hasn't requested a trade, but if he does, here are the here are the four teams. That's that's horrible. That doesn't even make any sense. That's 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 really foolish. It and makes think, sense if you want to get the attention of the organization. That's how you get it. I think that's how you get it, right? If you if you guys are willing to risk losing me, then go ahead. Then if you guys want to go down that road, here's where I would like to go. They I couldn't think trade him though. He's a no trade clause. I, I think. Well, I, I think. Well, if he has a no trade clause, I think he has some leverage there, doesn't he? I'm just he saying. Has, he like, has a say, right? But I, yeah, I guess so. But even if they wanted to move him, they couldn't without his approval. So I, what, what was he? Hedg- what Russ. was he hedging against? That works for Russ. That's what, but if they, I think that was just all for, hey, if you're going to go down that route, if you guys are going to be upset with me kind of making my opinion known and going on Dan Patrick and talking about how many times I've been sacked and all of that, if you guys are going to get irked by that and, and dare trade me, 
this is my list of teams since I have this no trade clause in my contract. This is why mm-hmm. I got it if this ever comes to the surface. I think all of this was more of a shaking of the room and mm-hmm. a threat more so than him really, really wanting out of Seattle. I guess so. I guess he could have pulled a, a Deshaun at some point and said, I, I want out. But none of these guys are willing to go on the record. They all want it behind the scenes. They all want, they all want uh, both. And you can't have it both ways. You can't. You either got to own it and and say that you're not happy or I mean I think a lot of these guys feel like that they can manipulate things behind the scenes because they are who they are. Some can, I guess, and Rodgers has got to be willing to I guess sit it out. I, I think you do have to be willing to go all the way, the other way if you're going to play this. Um, but you know what you're worth and that there there there's a self-respect factor. This is not just in football. This is at every this is everybody listening to us right now. You're in a job where you don't feel respected. You don't feel valued. You have an option. You can quit. You can. If you feel like you're powerful enough and you mean enough to your organization, you could try to leverage it. You can. But you have to be willing, though, if you're going to play that card, to say, I'm done. And we'll see. Rodgers hasn't said that yet. And Russ is now seems like he's back in the fold for now. We'll come back with more Rothman and Ice on the fan. Love crew soccer? Us too. Let's get married and catch every game together. Proud to be your local home for the black and gold. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Old school and new school. Joining forces to give you an education. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. Do you remember when... Josh Rosen went to the 49ers. Yeah, I remember because at Christmas around that time. I think I'm like one of the last few guys on the Josh Rosen Island. Like I was all you're in not. on Josh Rosen. You're not. Man. I'll tell you why in a minute. Go ahead. But you're not. Yeah, because like coming out, like I looked at that dude and I know he had the concussion stuff and that was a major factor. I just thought Watching him play football, I thought he'd at least get into the league and be a middle-of-the-road mm-hmm. guy. Like, at least that. It just didn't work out. And then when you talk about, you know, the combination of the new regime coming in in Arizona and Cliff Kingsbury wanting to run a totally different offense than probably what it's comfortable for Josh Rosen, then away we go in this spiral. And now he's bounced around a little bit. And that's what we talk about sometimes with young quarterbacks is that, man, you really got to hope that there isn't a whole bunch of turnover early in, in your career because the new guy might come in, whether that be a head coach or GM, and say, eh, that's not my guy. I want to go a different direction and it may not be because you're a bad quarterback it just may be because of a fit so now he is a uh he's out of, out of sight out of mind that's for sure he has what people in the nfl circles call arm talent it's what he has i don't know if he has head talent <laughs> i really don't maybe i should coin that one he he doesn't <laughs> i don't know whether they're dedicated or not. i don't know whether he's dedicated or not Remember when he got drafted? He kind of pulled the the thing that all dudes do when they go a little further down than they think they'll go. Everyone's gonna pay. I like that though. That's fine. Like it's that. fine, but it and I like it because I, if it's honest, I like it. Yeah, but it, it, sometimes it seems Maddie just misguided. It just seems just mis. It's like okay, all it takes is one team to love you, and that's what you should really want at the end of the day. Sure. I don't want to go to teams that just think that they should draft me. I want to go to teams that really love me. And so he's bounced around, and he was off the Buccaneers practice squad, right? They yeah. got him there. 
Yep. And so the Niners grab him around Christmas time, and now he gets to go to Shanty. Now he gets to go to places that have an offensive mind. And so I just the reason I brought him up is because I saw this, and you're not alone. A better in Illinois just bet a thousand dollars on some betting site that Josh Rosen will take the first snap for the 49ers over Jimmy G and Trey Lance in week one. <laughs> Come on. Now, how much of your soft earned dollars, what oh, return would you have gosh. to get to jump in on that bet with that dude? Like, oh. yep, I want a piece of that. Like, what what return do we need? Oh, my goodness. I know him, the return, but I want to know what you think it would be. For him to leap a guy that started in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and the guy that was just the third overall pick of the draft, I'm going to need back at least five grand. Wait, five to one? That's all you want? Oh, let me get ten. Can I double I that? was going to think you would say a hundred. Um. You'd be willing to wager $1,000 to just get back five? Let me rework the math here. Let me rework the math here. <laughs> I don't. Can I, I get it up to, can I get no it up to f- 20? Yeah, but w- that's all you want? That's can I get it. 80? All- I, done. I'll give you the five to one. I'll put up the five grand. You give me a grand if you lose. What do you done. got right now? What are, the, what, are, what are the numbers telling you? If this happens, this dude's going to get back thirty-three grand. Okay, thirty-three okay. to one. Yeah, I was going to say I would make this bet. I mean, anything less than fifty to one, I'm not going to touch it for the reasons that you just said. Yeah, Jimmy that, G and Trey Lance. Unless yeah. those dudes somehow get dinged up, remember well, things happen, that, um, yeah. and maybe we just need to throw Josh. Josh Rosen would have to beat the both of them out. Well, or Jimmy G may not be on. Well, the that helps. Now, yeah. that's another thing, right? And I don't know if that's completely put to bed or could some of this, I don't even know if this is a real or not, but we'll make it a real conversation. Mm-hmm. If you're Shanahan and company, you've seen Josh Rosen for a little bit yeah, now behind closed doors and maybe here throughout OTAs. And if you gain more confidence, you're okay with offloading and get ridding, uh, getting rid of Jimmy G. Maybe that's part of it. I think the guy's nuts for betting on this right now. He's burned his money. Uh, yeah, he should have gotten he back a minimum of fifty to one. Minimum. Does he know something? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because if somebody goes gluely on Jimmy G or Trey Lance, he's suspect number one. This guy who made the bet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm with there's you, some man. sort of lead pipe to the patella tendon. Yeah. Then something. <laughs> this dude needs to be looked at. But 33 to 1, that's not enough. Oh, my God. And I don't know why the odds. I agree with you. The odds get a lot better if Jimmy G's not around. But now we think he will be because they want someone to mentor Trey Lance. Sure. They want somebody to be a placeholder in case they don't want to toss Trey Lance out there week one. And maybe your sacrificial QB could be Rosen. Mm. And that's probably what the dude is thinking. The odds should have been longer than that. Now, could we get an injury in preseason? Sure. Yes, we can. Yeah. Um, but you need both, not one. Although you probably need just Jimmy G because maybe they wouldn't want to hand it over to Trey right away. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the camp of the payout should be much higher, and he probably just threw away a cool G, but he's got and not a cool like Jimmy that. G. He's balling like that, man. He's he making, must he's be. He's making it rain like Jerry yeah, Jones if, if and Post Malone with those schedule cards on Dak and Zeke when they released that schedule yeah. video. But it, it just goes to man like. 
It's an inexact science. These teams, and when it comes to quarterbacks, it's so hard to figure out. These guys can look the way Josh Rosen looked and throw a pretty football and have all the fundamentals and all of that stuff, and it just doesn't hit. And that's why I can't wait to see this crop of quarterbacks and and what this looks like. Because Trey Lance, look, I mean, we talked about it a ton leading up to the draft to where the athleticism's there, the running ability is there. I think the arm is still kind of a Mm wait-and-see thing, but there's enough confidence there, obviously, from San Francisco that they think he's going to be just fine, but we don't know. We have no idea. That's a guy with such a small sample size and not on the highest level of football, and there aren't a ton of guys that you can point to that have come from that realm of college football and really balled out in the league. It's just a couple of guys throughout the NFL history, really, not even just over a recent amount of time. So there's a lot of pressure, I think, for Shanahan to figure this thing out with the Niners, man, because they're ready to roll, and if the one thing that's holding them back back is the quarterback, whether it's Jimmy G's health or lack of development for Trey Lance. That's a tough spot to be in because they're in a heck of a division right now, and they're going to have to rack up dubs and really get dubs outside of the division because we know what Russ is going to probably be with Metcalf and company and the Rams, Mm -hmm. I think, are going to be pretty doggone good with Matthew Stafford and we'll wait and see, obviously, what Kyler Murray and company do. So, a lot of pressure on that pick, and it was a gutsy move to give up all of that to go get Trey Lance. But there's a lot of people. We, Nate Davis came on earlier with us and threw them in the mix as kind of the top three in the NFC. That's all good, but this one of these quarterbacks better be ready to ball out. This is interesting to me in that if Rosen, you know, California dude, kind of got a chance here with Shanahan, yes, they wouldn't have anything invested in him the way they do Lance. And Jimmy G, we know, has a shelf life, you would think. So I think whatever we're going to get out of Rosen's dedication, maybe this is the this is the final big swing, and maybe he can make it tough on those guys, or at least force those guys into playing as well as they can be. But this is an opportunity that he's been presented now to kind of either write a different ending for himself. Uh, I think he's got a better chance of starting week one for the Niners than Mitch Trubisky does of starting for the Bills. There's no chance. So, and let Josh on. Right, unless that's like, injury-related. Yeah, this one is, this one is. I wouldn't say this is 100% all injury-related. You think he could steal it? Nah. He, I think something has to happen to some. You have to remove someone, which would be Jimmy G's. Like somehow somebody has to get tweaked or dinged or something. I'm just saying it's not 100%, meaning both guys don't have to get injured. Yeah, I I view kind of Rosen and Haskins in kind of similar situations Mm -hmm. in their career. They're they're both those out now. I think, you know, Dwayne is out there with Big Ben and still Mason Rudolph, and that's more of a future thing than it is right now and kind of what we're talking about with Josh Rosen. But it's kind of put up or shut up time for these guys. And I think it's going to have to be the the grind, not on Sundays in front of the world, but in front of Mike Tomlin, in front of Shanahan, that, that they should believe in you as far as keeping you around and maybe making you the guy of the future because the early portion right out of the gates for both of these dudes, it's been a rocky road for both of them. Some of them in Dwayne's, you know, in his case was on him for some of the stuff he was doing and the organization was a mess as well. So you got to combine all of that. But these two dudes coming out of college, so much talent. They were highly regarded as physical tools and they got all the traits and all that and it hasn't clicked. And now they're guys right now that at least on the roster are going to be holding clipboards on Sunday. So they got to find a way to consistently impress somebody in the building because if not, these type of stories involving these two may happen more times than not when it comes to their NFL careers. Buckeye Bolton up next. We've got an opening line, perhaps, on Ohio State's big non-conference game. We'll tell you about that next. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
If it's Buckeye football you crave, you come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Rothman and Ice present Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Don't go through another air conditioner breakdown. For fast, friendly service, call the experts at Logan Services now for a free estimate and next day air installation. All right, Buckeye Bulletin time, Ohio State four-star Signee Malachi Branham, one of 30 selected this year's Jordan Brand Classic, mm. where you get that swag. Uh, I don't even know what's going on here with this game. I guess Jordan, is there even a game? It's not even going to be played. Yeah. No, it's just the honor okay. to be selected. So you just get the swag? Do you get the swag back? I would assume so. All right. I mean, if the Jordan Brand is still recognizing these athletes who have remained dedicated to the game and deserve recognition for their talents you would think that they would be rewarded with the swag bag. Mm. 6'4", consider the sixth best shooting guard, top 30 prospect overall in the class of 2021. Now he was named Mr. Ohio Basketball, and he becomes the first Ohio State signee named to a national high school all-star game. Uh, since Alonzo Gaffney, who then left, I would say, and I asked CB this during the break, and I'll ask it to you. Jamari Wheeler, who came in from Penn State, mm-hmm. you're not get, obviously you didn't get him for scoring, but he can distribute and he can make shots on the perimeter, and he's one of the better defensive guys in the league. Said he wants to be defensive player of the year. Yeah. I have him in the starting lineup right now. I have I I have this is all based on EJ and Dwayne coming back, which I'm going to make the assumption they will. So I'm thinking about. Dwayne and Jamari in the backcourt, and Justice and EJ, and Kyle Young made the decision to come back too. And there's your boost to the front court. Am I wrong about that? My projected starting lineup? Is Branham going to wreck that? I don't think so. I think the only way the young fella gets in is if Dwayne isn't around. Because mm-hmm. if, if Dwayne is here, we know what that looks like. He's going to demand a lot of the offense. He's going to soak up a lot of the offense, as he should, uh, with his ability to drop 15 to 20 on any given night. And I'm hoping that's the case. That way, you can kind of bring him along. He doesn't have to be the dude out there on the wing being relied on a ton to really get buckets so yeah i look i've seen i watched one of his games this year seen some highlights of this guy and he is the real deal and that absolutely is going to be a fun little uh tool to have in chris holtman's kind of toolbox next season is to sprinkle him in every now and then kind of the way we saw michi johnson but maybe even a little bit more uh, of that next year uh with the veteran guys around i would like that plan for him but there's no doubt to me eventually this is going to be a name we're talking about a ton and the guy that's going to be filling it up I'm just hoping that he gets to learn a little bit because we know Big Ten basketball is completely different mm-hmm. than it is on the high school level, even though he played at St. Vincent St. Mary, and I'm sure he played some really uh, high-level basketball not only here but around the country as well. So he's a dude a lot of people are excited about. I'm excited about it. You love getting guys in-state to come on down here, especially with for the hoop squad, and hold it down. We just got to wait and see what the talent looks like, AR, and how much Chris Holtman and company are going to put on his plate right out of the gate. Yeah. Well, listen, it was a very good season that had a shocking end to it. There's no, you can't get around it. Yep. it. That's basketball. What you do in March is how you are measured, even though it was a really, really good season that no ended doubt. in that with that losing streak and then the, the shocking loss to Oral Roberts. But if you get four of those starters back, I mean, EJ's going to be a preseason All American. Yep. And. 
Cal Young coming back. And then a little depth back there for CB and his boys with, uh, as I will now tab him, Joey Brunk in the trunk coming from IU. And so you get a little bit of Brunk in the trunk, which will be the way I refer to the depth on that team when it comes to him, that Chris Holman now officially has some Brunk in the trunk. I can't wait to see Wheeler Ball, man. Yeah. I can't because I love that type of point guard. Dude will pick you up end to end underneath your jersey, never going to lay down. Because when you come out talking about you want to win defensive awards, that lets me know about your mentality. And I think that's good, especially when you surround, when you have guys like hopefully EJ and Dwayne back to where we know those guys are the bucket getters. Get guys around them that are going to be the Kyle Youngs of the world. We know Kyle Young, all the boxes he's going to check on a nightly basis. You love that. But you get a defensive first point guard and also on the offensive end can dish the rock around and do some things, but defensively disrupt things for the other squad, I'm all about it. I can't wait to see him play because defensive-minded guys, man, those are they can really switch things up on the floor, especially when you've got dudes on offense that can go get it already. You hear that, CB Maddie's all bout it, bout it. Now let me ask you about how many points you need from him to average. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, how many points realistically do you think he should average this season can i get can i get eight out of him i would love that if you if you told me we could get if you told love that if you told me if we could get eight to ten points a night and like six to eight uh, assists a night Mm -hmm. i'm in and and that he gave you you seven last year there you go so if we get that with elite defense elite defense too that's all I need from my point guard right there. I love that if we got that out of Wheeler coming up. Did you see what just happened there? The question I threw out was so intriguing that the basketball boy behind the glass jumped onto Google as fast as he could like he was searching for a new swimsuit this year, and and he got it for us. He's got to get yeah. a swimsuit for this weekend, man. He's That's about to so be up funny. there on the boat. I, I just Speaking bought one. Speaking of in the trunk. I just bought one yesterday, too. That's funny. Are you serious? Yes. You went swimsuit shopping? Yeah, I don't think, I, I, think, I, I, don't think yeah. I bought a swimsuit in about 20 years. They last. They're like Twinkies. You just needed a new one? You got to get the 5.5 in, uh, the inch five, inseam ones. The 5.5 inch inseam. What, you're so telling us that your, your inseam needed a little more. Uh, you, if you want to tan a little bit more, you need to home? get your legs a little bit more tanned. Yeah. Oh, this is about the tan. This isn't oh, about okay. uh, having a more practical area. I okay. see what's going on here. Now, oh, okay. Now, who's uh, short who's, shorts? Who's going to be applying this sunscreen for you, CB? <laughs> to the inseam. Man, that's all me. All right. Okay. Sure it is. Do you like to do it yourself? If the mood strikes? Preferably, yeah. Well, how is the mood striking you now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, we'll come back. Sports Center update. I'll give you the Buckeye Ducks opening line. Quack, See if quack. we agree. That's next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive. Sponsored by United Dairy Farmers. Miss filling up before gas prices went up? Get UDF's low price lock with U-Drive. All right, welcome back in. Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice Hayes, CB with us as well. We are brought to you by your local Pella Window and Door showroom on Gemini Parkway. Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch at 2.33. We'll do a lot more. We'll scratch the surface on NIL here in this segment, and then we'll get more of the particulars on what Ohio State is doing and getting ahead of the moving train, actually boarding the moving train, because that's how I feel about this. I feel that this is 
as much about uh, keeping up with what recruits can get at certain universities versus others. Ohio State knows, as any smart uh, place knows, university, when it comes to having uh, big-time athletics, that the lifeblood is the recruits. And while Ohio State sells itself in a lot of ways, uh, you cannot say that anymore. Once NIL kicks in, it's no longer, oh, we sell ourselves. We got the best stadium. We've got the best coaches. We've got the best facilities. Now, there are a lot of places that have great stadiums and great facilities and great coaches, especially the ones that compete for titles. And I said this a year ago. This is going to be about what can you offer the kid. But now it's above board. This is no longer Johnny B. Good. This is no longer getting what you can get under the table. This is about help me maximize my potential while I'm in school as an athlete, financially. And Ohio State is very smart, and they're getting ahead of this. You know why? Because they will not lose recruits to better portfolios. That can't happen, and it may happen once this starts. I know there are a lot of people out there that say, hey, don't worry about it. You shouldn't worry about anybody else's money, and I'm not. I'm worried about college athletics, period. I want college athletics to still have that collegiate feel. Now, I'm old school. It may not happen. Maybe you can have both. Maybe you can. Maybe this is the way that, hey, it's all above board, and a guy walking around with a couple grand of cash in his pocket with a rubber band around it. Where'd you get that? Well, I had an autograph signing. Okay, well, it's above board then, I guess. Um, This is where we're going, and Ohio State is not going to push back on it because they know, that because the guys that Ohio State is recruiting are the same guys who are going to be able to maximize this. Not the lesser schools where the guys aren't potential Heisman winners and Maxwell winners and Butkus winners and Thorpe winners and Bolitnikoff winners. Not those guys. Ohio State, with this city, by the way, not small little college town either. Great chances to market yourself. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State is getting out in front of this, and they're getting out in front of it the right way. Let's educate the kids. Let's make sure they have access to things, information, how to do it. And then you know, Maddie, who's on the on the on the hook for this? The companies that attach themselves to these guys. Better make sure no one has a DUI in the car they're endorsing. Uh, that's the stuff that is going to be scary as we walk across this tightrope. But I think with Ohio State and the platform and they're teaming up with strategy uh, industries and to offer development in this area. And that's why they're getting in front of it, Maddie. Not because 100% they think the kids need the money and they're being exploited. That's not why. At least in my mind, it's not. I'm not saying they don't think that they deserve it. I'm just saying that you you are getting in front of this because you know it's the lifeblood of your industry. You're recruiting the best of the best of the best every year. You have access to every door that's out there. Now, whether you get them all is one thing. Can't get them all. You don't have room for them. But my point is Ohio State can open any door in this land. But now it takes different type of currency to get into those living rooms and for it to make sense to a kid. Because if you don't, the others will. And I think that's why you're seeing Ohio State step out in front of the podium and talk about bills and way to maximize it with also informing them and keeping them in the know and helping them develop. Um, 
along this road instead of just having an open hand and taking whatever you can get from whomever you can get it from. One of my favorite movie villains of all time is Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight playing the Joker. And he dropped this, AR. And here we go. And here we go. This is it. This is a new chapter in college athletics. And this is going to shake the room for a lot of people and a lot of old school people and maybe not even old school people are going to look at this and not love it. And I get it because there are so many layers to this thing. And for a lot of people, there is the kind of pure aspect of college and playing college and getting an education and playing sports and getting all the things that come along with it. And there are a lot of perks that come along with it. You don't just have to get paid in college to live a good lifestyle. You get a lot of free gear. You get all the good stuff that comes along with being attached to a program like Ohio State. But on the other side of it, we've seen for years now. The coin that these universities are racking up off the backs of these athletes. So I've always sided with the athletes on this thing because I agree with them that shouldn't have universities making everything and soaking up all the money and these guys get no portion of the pie. But there are levels to this, and you're right. I think your point about the risk that this is going to push into the laps of certain businesses is a huge one. Because there's going to be guys now stunting a little bit, going around in a nice car, having some coin in their pocket. And how are they going to act when they go down to High Street after a game on Saturday with a bunch of cash in their pocket? What does that look like? Because money changes people. It can either make you better, it can make you worse, or keep you who you are. And for some of these guys, it's going to inflate some of their egos. Can't imagine we're going to run into a completely clean pathway here where nobody's going to be getting in trouble with this. I hope that's the case, but I'm not going to be naive to think that that is going to be the case. So I'm okay with this. And I know it's going to be a dicey road, but your headline was it. This is all about keeping up. And there's been 16 states already that have passed this NIL legislation so far in six of them. Bama, Georgia, Florida, Arizona, Mississippi, and New Mexico – those laws are going to go into effect in July. The others are going to start in the next handful of years. So Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, these are the guys you got to keep up with. And you're right. When you go into that living room, it used to be, okay, hey, you come here, play two to three years. Roger's going to call your name. You're going to set up your family for the rest of your life. Now it's the combination of, hey, those guys – up in Columbus or whatever school X that aren't doing this, that aren't going to have you driving around in a Jeep or a Lexus or whatever it's going to be, you can get to the NFL too, but guess what? While you wait a little bit, you're also going to be racking up some coin as well. So this is keeping up with the Joneses. You got to do this. You got to play the game. And that's just where we are. So like the Joker said, and here we go. It's a new world in college athletics with the NIL stuff and the transfer portal. And I understand the people that don't like it, but I think all of us just should just warm up to it eventually. However long it takes, I think we're going to have to warm up to it because it ain't going anywhere. I said to Bobby a while ago when we were doing the show, maybe a year or two ago, I said, I think they should play the freedom card more than the stiff arm to the money. I think if you wanted to band-aid this thing and not pay college athletes or let them get paid and keep this as amateur as you can and pay them with opportunity, which is how it's been painted over the years, then you needed to give them their freedom sooner. Freedom has a price tag. 
Like, I can put a price tag on that. If I can transfer somewhere and uh, get out of my scholarship, I'm not happy. Someone took my spot, political. I feel the coach is keeping me down. Uh, My girlfriend broke up with me. I want to go play somewhere else. Whatever. Like, they could have paid them with freedom. And they kind of, you know, they tiptoed around that too. And now here we go, like you said, and like Heath said. Um, But Ohio State, I feel like, is smart in that, See, no coach wants to play old school with new school athletes. These coaches aren't recruiting guys that played the game 20 years ago. They're recruiting the kid now. The, the 2021 kid, the 2022 kid. These kids, they, they see what's going out there. There's more information. Um, the money is there. And that's why Ohio State has selected a, uh, a place, to a program, that's going to be administered through their leadership institute to help them because they know that the dam has broken. And so why be on the wrong side of it? You can't be, especially if you're Ohio State. Because as I said, you're competing against the kids who, you're competing against the schools, rather, that are going after the same kids you are, and that what what can, the waterfalls in the at, at Alabama or whatever, like like you said, these schools were swimming in money, putting in waterfalls, spas, barber shops, and video game rooms, and <laughs> it's everything. Hang now. out here. You know why they want you to hang out at the facility so they can keep their eyes on you. They'd rather have you hanging out there than. Going to the bars or mm-hmm. like strip club or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. now you're going to have, and you, like you said, I, you were there once. I was there once. Yeah. I know what, you know what a hundred bucks in your pocket means when you're in college. No doubt. You feel like you're Jerry Jones. You do. Yep. There's a, and for the ones that came from nothing, it, it's uh, even more. Yeah. So this is why this is, this is, we're going to all walk the tightrope together and then it'll become eventually the new normal. I, I said it a year ago, this is going to be hiding in plain sight. I have no idea what's legal and what's not. I know that they threw something stuff out there yesterday about um, you can't, you can't, you won't be able to endorse any uh, like tobacco products or any right, any marijuana situation, sure, like stuff sure. like that. Yeah, and yeah. The, the conflicts of interest with, with the, who the school has is their apparel, right, and stuff. So there yeah, will be some can. rules, but. <laughs> It's going to be so easy to hide in plain sight from the booster. because well, I, uh, And I don't even know what's legal and what's not anymore. Sure. I, I don't, and we yeah. won't. And that's why it's going to it all blend in. And, you, and by the way, you think, it's going to be, you think it's tough to coach the kid now? Imagine when they feel like uh, you almost have to... It's weird because it's going to be, you're going to be in a situation where these guys are going to feel like... Pro- they already felt like pros at Ohio State. Sure. Because of, of the stature of the program and the amount of guys that go into the NFL. But you're now getting a chance to get paid, and not all of them will. I'm not saying, like, this is going to come down to the few that, that really. But autograph signings, I think anybody can jump on. I think, I think Ohio State fan would attend an autograph signing of the football team, uh, certainly all 22 starters, like, and beyond. I think that, so you could get middle of the road dudes getting, getting some Benjamins that way. Mm-hmm. But it's the big money, it's the Heisman candidates, it's those guys, it's the guys that really are marketing, that can market themselves, and that's why Ohio State is trying to get out in front of this. And that creates another layer, at least in my eyes, for a coach to handle that within the locker room, right? Because these guys aren't robots, and there's going to be 
player X on the roster that doesn't have an endorsement deal. He's going to be looking around. And what type of environment could mm-hmm. that create in, inside of in, inside of a locker room? Yeah, the, just, en- the envy could be there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You just never know. Like All of this is a ripple that's... effect because if I'm looking around and I'm seeing C.J. Stroud making thousands of dollars and I'm busting my tail in practice every day and the practice squad and giving C.J. Stroud looks and everything – and I'm grinding, but you know I'm not really getting the benefit of it. Some people may be saying, "Okay, look, that's just you know you're SOL a little bit there in that situation, mm-hmm. and that's fine." But th- these are there's emotions attached to these things, and especially <laughs> when it comes to money and these guys being, like you said, 18 to 22 years old, and you you having the ability to go from having twenty dollars in your pocket to go get a Caniac or whatever, and that's it. To hey, let's go down to Jeff Ruby, and I got us yeah. all, and your girlfriends as well. It, it's a totally different ball game. So it's going to be a dicey road. It ain't going to be smooth, but uh, I just think this is where college athletics are, are headed for sure. The reward used to be. You got to date the head cheerleader. Now you can take her wherever you want, five-star, and cover it no problem. No doubt. The game has changed, and the way they... By the way, they're going to walk into these living rooms now. Remember when they used to preach education? I'm not saying they won't do that anymore, but you you better believe that that portfolio and the marketing stuff is going to be a part of it. Yeah, you hope that the kid wants to come there and get an education if things fall away, or if they get injured, or something changes, or they don't live up to the hype of how they were recruited, the star rating. Yep. But yep. you're going to have to at least pay attention to that if you're a coach because the stuff you used to sell, um, it's kind of getting knocked down a rung a little bit here. So we'll find out. But this is this is the start of it. And if Ohio State has already selected a a program to help administer this, it's going then, then they're ahead of it because they know they have to because the key to. to getting them anymore isn't the coach, the playing time, the stadium, the school, the facilities, the education, that that's all there. Mm-hmm. But these guys want to, as, as it's been said, maximize their time in college. Yep. And what I looked at is maximizing my time in college, a lot different than this. Different times, yeah. brother. Different times, different right. Times. Absolutely. And you yep. got to adapt or die. We'll come back with Truth, Rothman and Ice on the fan. Man and Bone have a simple philosophy for their show. Talk some sports, have some laughs, and get very fat. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays at 3. The Fan. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB. All right. So South Point and Vegas released some opening lines for the college football season, and they have two games for Ohio State, both with 13-point spreads. Ohio State is favored in both of those games, and they're the two key matchups between Oregon and Michigan. So I want to ask you, which of those two games would you rather lay the 13 points in? Probably the Oregon game, right? I mean, the Michigan game can always get a little weird. Right, you just never know. Based off of the last couple of years, yeah, been, I know blowouts, but yeah, That's I just tough. think you know, right? You just when those two teams lock up and you put that Michigan helmet or that Ohio State helmet on the same field, you never know. But history recently saying no, no way. But I think I'd have to lean to that Oregon game. Yeah, yeah, they they've got a pretty good mix right now. They got some experience. They've got they've got some talent as always. They they. They're gonna. Their defense has to get some help here, but uh, I mean, it's weird. You know, I, I'd probably say Michigan though now because I, Oregon is actually a legit, you know, team in the Pac-12. I mean, that's back-to-back conference titles. That's a team that's uh, maybe a 
a, a chance if they pull this off against Ohio State that they could make the playoff. Like I, I'd feel a little more dicey about that. So I'm going to take on paper. I would I would lay it against Michigan. And that, my boy, is a damn truth. All right, some good trivia I found from Hembo this morning on Get Up. So the the Ryan Julio Jones combo, the wide receiver quarterback combo is second all-time in passing yards between those two. Uh, just a little bit over 12,000 yards. The number one duo is actually just a couple hundred yards ahead of them. Mm. So if you were to stay in Atlanta, they would surely take over number one. But I want to ask you, what is that number one pairing? You want to do this? Want to team tandem this thing again? I think I got a pretty strong answer here. All right, I so promise you. I you promise new you. school or old school? Like old, old school? Like no, we're talking no, about no. like Montana Rice or are we talking about um, Are we talking about young rice? Are we talking about? Um, so we're my, talking all time here, right? This CB, is just yards, to make sure. yards. This is all time. Yes, all time. All right. So my mind takes me, and I don't know this for. And you can just veto this or not. I think I would probably lean more Manning Harrison. Mm, I like but that. I like that a lot. I'm I'm trying to think. Am I am I in my mind? Am I in that touchdown category? Or am I in the yards? And so, like, Young Rice, Montana Rice, maybe we just eliminate that right now because I can't decide which one of those I would go with, so let's eliminate both. Uh, anything else? Marino, Man. Duper? Like, I'm trying to think of we don't dudes really that really could sling it around for a lot of yards. And there's nobody, like, really that's jumping out to me that was attached to Drew Brees before Michael uh, Thomas. Am I crazy for that? No. Like, no. as far as a wide receiver no. goes? So... Mm-mm. I like the Manning Harrison yeah. one, but that, is it, but am I caught up in touchdowns and not? No, Peyton okay. had a. I like that. All I right. think if we're yeah, let's roll. Final with that. answer: Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison. You got it right. You almost talked yourself out of it, but you got it right. Yeah, that's good work, AR. All right, do you have the rankings in there? Were we close on the others? On um, was was Rice involved? Personally, in any? no. The, I just okay. did the top two. Okay, okay. Just remember, it's not a lie. If you believe it. All right, one more for today. It's our fan poll sponsored by Riker Kia. Who would you? Who would win in a UFC match between Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau? Huh. And the kicker is, is that they're fully healthy. The knee issue is not a problem here. All right, so Bryson's coming into the cage at six one two forty. Brooks is going to step into the cage at six foot two oh five, and that's why if we're talking UFC. I got to lean towards Bryson. If this was just, hey, we're standing up throwing the hands in a normal boxing match, I'd probably roll with my guy BK. But if Bryson, you know, you get on the ground, you do a little, I think it's a grappling. Is that the right term I'm looking for? Whatever they call it. Sorry, UFC fans, don't dunk on me. The wrestling term. Okay, yeah. And uh, I think I would have to lean Bryson AR just because of the weight and his ability maybe on the ground to get Brooks in some weird spots. He's younger than Brooks. I think Brooks has the the uh, he's got upper body chiseled, mm. but I don't think he has linebacker girth Ooh, wow. that DeShambo does right now. And I feel like DeShambo's got a little bit he, that weirdness, that quirkiness could do him right in the cage. If two men enter and only one man leaves, I'm gonna say the dude. Um, who calls himself bad, Bryson James Aldrich DeChambeau, is going to be the one. Government. Yes, wanted to tell you about my friends over at Jermaine Honda of Dublin. That is the place if you're looking for a Honda. Uh, Marcello and his team will take care of you. And the good news is, if you're out and about on Memorial Day, 
Jermaine Hunt of Dublin is open. And not only are they open, they're going to feed you. That's right. Stop by, grab a burger, grab a dog, shop for a ride. That's pretty cool. So they have Memorial Day hours at Jermaine Honda of Dublin. You can start shopping now by going to the website and view all of their pre-owned vehicles. Uh, you can see the new vehicles. I told you the 2022 Civics arriving this week, so you can check that out. So stop by. Great people. Great value. Uh, you know how much I think of them, and I will be there with you. That's for sure, So especially if I'm going to get a free meal, right? Got to jump in, grab the burger and dog, and look at cars. Nothing better. Memorial Day hours at Jermaine Honda of Dublin. Check them out now at JermaineHondaOfDublin.com. All right, when we come back, we will talk with Joey Kaufman of the Dispatch and find out exactly when this all goes into action. Name, image, and likeness. Rothman and Ice on the fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. The fan. Just a couple of guys whose love for fantasy sports may exceed their love for real sports. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. We fire up the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and bring on our friend from the Columbus Dispatch, Ohio State football beat writer. He is Joey Kaufman. Joey, good to have you. Hey, good to talk to you guys. Yeah, welcome back. I know that we did a lot earlier in the show on the uh, name, image, and likeness, but I know Ohio State is getting out in front of this. And they're trying to at least guide this because I th- I said to Maddie I don't know if you agree that you know they realize that this is a moving train and they want to be on the right side of it and they realize that these recruits that Ohio State's going to be going after in the future uh, especially football and and basketball and we'll talk about the other sports in a minute but that these guys are going to be looking for more than they ever did before do you agree with that and Ohio State has to be able to offer this type of information, guidance, and marketing strategy almost adds into the recruitment pitch. I think that has to be a part of the recruiting pitch. And look, I think Ohio State's priorities have, have been been right on center for a long time with name, image, and likeness. Gene Smith has called for congressional action, for NCAA action, and I, and I think for this to, to work out in the long run, you're going to do need. You are going to need continuity i mean i don't think it's it's going to be very uh, disconfigured and disjointed with varying state laws but the closer and closer we get to july 1st when you have laws go into florida and alabama and georgia i don't think ohio state can can be left behind when they're recruiting with their peers over the same talent pool in the southeast and and not being able to make the same recruiting pitch so at least this allows them to get on the same wavelength with those SEC schools until there is some sort of a solution from either Congress or NCAA. And fortunately for Ohio State, those are probably two of the more slowing uh, moving institutions in, in this whole country. Yeah, it's going to be interesting times uh, moving ahead. That's for sure, man. No doubt. I want to get to some of the football stuff with you, man. It's been a while, obviously, since we've seen them suit up and been, you know, a couple of months here since the spring game, maybe a little less than that. Time's all blending together for me right now. But what's your feel, man, on this quarterback deal? Because I know once, you know, they just announced Big Ten Media Days are back and that'll be kind of a, a look ahead to see who Ryan Tate takes with them to Indy and all of that. But just your thoughts on the quarterback situation and the kind of characters involved right now. I think it's a really deep quarterback room. I think we saw in the spring game the, the arm talent between C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord and 
and Jack Miller. This wasn't a case a couple years ago where you had Justin Fields who, who felt like he was on a different talent level than the guys who were competing with him. So I think that, for one, that's a, it's a huge uh, advantage for all these guys and for Ryan Day picking a quarterback. It seems like whichever direction he wants to go in, it's going to be a pretty good option because these were all guys that came up in the Elite 11 circuit. So that's the thing that just that really strikes me the most about this competition. It doesn't seem like there's really a bad option out of the three. No, it doesn't. And I, I you know, we, we wonder now whoever he starts the season with how long, I mean, we, we're going to make the assumption that that quarterback's going to look good. But if it's opposite and there is some struggle, even without a loss, God forbid, um, you think that he is sold on that that person will be the person that I need to give some room to develop because they're all new or does he feel like if he's got as good an option or maybe better that um that there could be a change you believe that the person that starts is the person that finishes i mean it's certainly not set in stone the way the schedule aligns for them it certainly does create the possibility that you could have a newcomer as a starting quarterback and really run into some hiccups because you open your big 10 season on the road at minnesota that's the first game and then you come play Oregon in, in week two. So it certainly does, I think, open up the possibility that a quarterback could could struggle, could throw some interceptions, and, and could force uh, maybe Ryan Day to, to turn and look at, at another option. I think it would be a lot different if maybe you were opening the season with a, a Mac school or another group of five school where maybe you will get – get your quarterback an easier runway to, to start things off. So I think that's where I think that situation is, is entirely possible. I want to ask you about the dudes up front that are going to have to protect whatever quarterback is going to be taking snap number one against the Gophers. Are you confident that the five guys along that offensive line is going to be a rock-solid group? You lose Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers, some other guys that have played as well. Your confidence level that Coach Studd and company is going to be a rock-solid group this year. It's going to be It's going to be probably one of the better offensive lines in the country if if not the best, and I think part of that is due to Thayer Munford coming back and, and allow, getting him to use the extra year of eligibility that the NCAA gave out. You have Nicholas Petit-Fair on the opposite side. I mean, both of those guys were two of the best pass protectors in the country last year if you go through the, the pro football focus numbers in terms of the, the total pressures they gave up and they didn't give up stacks. Then you have Paris Johnson, a former five-star tackle playing inside a guard they really do have a lot of depth there and a, and a lot of uh talented former highly re- regarded recruits who are going to be able to, to play right away from the start you know the defense is where most fans are going to have their eyes on because that's what's going to take this team from you know big 10 champion to potential national champion i think would most people would agree with that you can tell me if you do and you know after chase young departs it's like okay wow that guy he covered for a lot of people, man. He was a one-man wrecking crew. And your analysis of this defense and, and what we should expect on them getting after the quarterback and covering receivers at a national level. I think they're okay on, on the, the defensive line. I think they have a lot of options at defensive end. Tyreek Smith got a lot of pressures last year, even though he didn't maybe uh, bring guys home in the same way that you saw with Chase Young and getting sack totals. Jack Sawyer is going to be able to, to rotate in there. Zach Harrison's been talked a lot by the coaching staff about the, the offseason he had, and he seems like a, a guy who's poised to make a, a big sophomore to, to junior year leap. But I think a lot of the issues are going to be in the in the back seven. Can can guys really make a big step forward? Can 
Seven Banks has been a lot of been on a lot of mock drafts for a first rounder next year in the NFL draft. Well, can he make that that jump that everybody expects him to? Can somebody like Ryan Watts, who's a, a really bigger corner that Kerry Combs likes, a six three guy who had that interception in the spring game, can he make a really big leap? I think there are a lot of guys that are sort of second year guys who didn't get really a, a real off season last year because of the pandemic and, and lost most of spring ball, lost a lot of a normal off season conditioning program. Can they make big strides? Cause they've recruited well in the, in, in the secondary, I think in the last couple classes, but those guys are still pretty young. And I think you're going to have to count on a lot of first year starters to, to make uh, or first year rotational guys to really make a, a big jump. I want to hit you up on the guys sandwiched between the D-line and the guys you were just talking about there in the secondary. Pete Werner, Tough Portland, Baron Browning, all gone off to the NFL. A lot of snaps, obviously, to be had. Who are some guys you're looking at that are going to need to step up and really uh, be, you know, you know, kind of the teeth in the middle of that defense there? I think Dallas Gann is somebody to, to look out for. He didn't get to play in spring because of his foot injury and that – we didn't really get to watch him up close in the spring game, but he's been a guy who's been around, been, been a veteran, and he's going to be in the likely the presumptive starter at middle linebacker. So can he direct things? And I think that'll be what they they miss a lot from from Tough Borland and then the guys in the middle, somebody able to to get everybody in alignment and in that mic role. So I think that's somebody too who's going to have to step up in that in, in that spot. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting because there are guys that, that we assume were going to be household names like Zach Harrison. Um, certainly we see what Sawyer can do. And um, Your prediction on guys that we're going to expect a lot from this year. Like when you, when you talk about them defensively, um, this guy or these guys need to live up to the hype for them to be a national champ. Who, who jumps to your mind? I think it goes in the secondary with with, with Seven Banks and, and Ryan Watts and and I think some of the the guys that we saw on the defensive line from last year like even Haskell Garrett who had a, had a big season but he was in a smaller time frame how will he look over a thirteen fourteen game season I think Teron Vincent is going to be called upon for for a bigger role after losing Tommy Togiai so I think those are kind of the, the names I think. They're going to have to play well. I think they need their sec- guys in the secondary to to improve, and they and really the defensive line. I think can can they were effective last year in pressuring quarterbacks. Can the defensive line improve to enough to a standpoint where they are getting sacks and they're getting strip sacks and and creating turnovers and, and some of those plays rather than just uh, maybe pressuring somebody into a bad throw. Good stuff, Joey. Always appreciate talking Ohio State football with you. Thanks for jumping on, and I'm sure as this heats up towards camp, we'll have you back soon. Thank you. Okay, good talking with you both. Thanks for having me. You got it. Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch, on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. I uh, No, I just thought about that AR today when they announced the stuff about Big Ten Media Days coming back, and, you know, that's kind of always a big deal is, you know, what players go with the mm-hmm. head coach, and this year – I think that's going to be amplified. Now, look, Ryan Day may be crafty with this thing and say we're not taking any of the quarterbacks just to clear this thing up. But that may be a bit of a hint into what they're thinking about the quarterbacks if we get it. But if I had to put some money on this thing, I don't know if we get a quarterback at Big Ten Media Days to keep this thing a secret. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. No way. He doesn't know. He, I mean, He may know. I'm not, I, I, I take that back. He knows who he believes 
can be the guy. Yeah. But he doesn't know no, right? He can't know until they play. Now, he's going to have to pick one, but he, he's entitled to use camp to try to pick one. Yeah. Like he's, that's exactly what I think is being lost in all this. Yeah, Ryan Day probably has a lean, but the lean is only you know his gut feeling and what he, what he had last year. Now put them all in the pot, put them all in camp, and, and have them help him make the best decision. So I agree with you. There's no way, unless something crazy happens, that they're taking a quarterback to the Big Ten meeting. It's, it's, it's so much going on, man. And that's why I know everybody's hype about Oregon. But that Minnesota game, man, like whatever quarterback's there. Put that game, on upset alert, Matty. No, I'm not. You over the last couple I'm of days, not, you got us on upset alert. I'm not. I'm just saying. A conference game out of the gate with a new quarterback and secondary mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And new linebackers and all of that. I'm just saying. We don't need to look ahead to the Ducks. Deal with those gophers first. All right. I'll, I'm with you on that. You don't want to get caught looking ahead. That's for sure. NFL two-minute drill coming up next. The Packers have somewhat responded to Aaron Rodgers' appearance with Kenny Mayne last night. That's next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. If you call yourself a sports fan, but you're not listening to Morning Juice, you're doing it wrong. Live and local weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today. All right, NFL two-minute drill. Aaron Rodgers on ESPN SportsCenter last night saying goodbye to his boy, Kenny Mayne. And we finally got the first public explanation. Uh, Not a deep dive, but we got something. It's never been about about the draft pick, uh, picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. A lot of fun to, to work together. Uh, I love the coaching staff, love my teammates, you know, I love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about, it's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. And a lot of this was put in motion last year and uh, the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won MVP and played uh, the way I played last year. So, this is just kind of, I think, uh, the, the spill out of all that. All right, a couple things on the follow-up here. One, what didn't they do the right way in your mind? That that has to be asked. The other thing is about, we know it wasn't Jordan Love the human being. It was Jordan Love the quarterback. They would have taken a dude that didn't play his position. Then it would have helped. And then the final one, Maddie, is that has to be asked at that point is can it be fixed because he's talking in past tense been 16 years been a lot of this been a lot of that love the fans this was the kiss off interview it sounded like so the final question had to be can it be fixed now he may not say anything to that but what we're waiting on is this final stamp of i'm not playing for green bay no matter what and we haven't gotten the no matter what yet and so maybe the drama lives on. But what we do have is obviously his lack of an appearance at OTAs, mm-hmm. which is a thing because he always did that. And another thing will be when mandatory minicamp st- starts here in a little bit on June 8th and the team's decision whether or not to 
upset a guy or potentially upset a guy even more with fines if he doesn't start to show up and mm-hmm. do they want to go down that road with him and that's going to be an interesting thing for us to monitor as well as if he doesn't show up and I think based off the interview last night is that and we just heard it's not Jordan Love it ain't the coaching staff it's the GM and everybody mm-hmm. else in that realm of the stadium up there if they start fining him too when he's already upset That's a dicey game to play, and that's a weird place that they're in right now. So I think he's going to continue to apply pressure to uh, the organization and everyone involved. But I think a big part of that clip for me, AR, was he said it's about the people that make the thing go. And he's talking about me. He's saying, hey, I'm the quarterback of the franchise. I'm a large chunk of the reason why we've played in two NFC Championship games. If we won a Super Bowl, and we are, we have been very relevant over the, the the last decade. So he feels like he hadn't gotten enough love from the front office. What can they do to mend that fence? I don't know. we got to wait and see. But if they start finding that dude AR, I don't think that's going to end well for them. Yeah. Well, got to follow up with what about the culture that has failed? Like what... Because if it's not about the draft picks, then what is it? Uh, he doesn't feel valued. That's it. Yeah. It was a shot at management. He took a, an indirect shot at management. Um, the joke of it all, and I said earlier, this is a, an organization that's not in a rebuild. They've just gotten complacent. They have. They have lived in this world of we can have one foot in the present, one foot in the future, and we'll never bottom out. We're the Green Bay Packers. And it finally bit him. And when he threw that little last slice in there about how I won the MVP and it kind of screwed things up, I was the wrench, that tells me that he believes that I blew up their plans. Their plans were to move on from me because they don't think I'm that great or can be moving forward. That's exactly why he said that. He said, I basically, I ruined it by winning the MVP. Sorry to ruin your future plans, Green Bay. That's what happened. So I don't think it's not about paying him or making him the guaranteed the highest paid player. But the Packers are still in the football biz the last time I checked. So you can do nothing and don't pay him. But I'd say you better cash in on him because you know what he's worth. So we may never get to that find stuff that you're talking about. We'll see. And then the players on the team, they're not going to be happy if they have this valuable piece sitting out. you got to trade him to help them. And keep them on the on the right path. So that's that. All right, we're at the end, bud. We'll talk to you tomorrow. High noon, Rothman and Ice on the fan. <laughs>